the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. <clears throat> well, and I'll tell you. Things just keep moving a little bit faster, a little bit faster. Look at where interest rates are right now. That's mind-boggling. The Fed has not raised interest rates, but the bond market has gone ahead and done it for them. <laughs> what I mean by that? Well, it wasn't that long ago that a uh, treasurer was paying close to zero, was below one, was below 1%. And uh, if you were looking at a, a one-year or even a two-year, now the two years are paying 2.14. That's a big move up. Now, that didn't happen because the Fed raised interest rates. That happened because people are selling bonds. When you sell something, when you sell bonds, the prices go down because, well, not always, but if, if there's a lot of selling, if the sellers are more aggressive than the buyers are, then the prices drop. When a price drops on a bond, the interest rate goes up. In fact, let's see. I got this. This story came from the end of February, by the way. So it's only a couple of weeks old. But, and it was from, let's see. I don't even know where it's from. Oh, it was the uh, Wall Street Journal. <laughs> the bad news in the bond market has been a rare boon for stocks. Now, when they, the reason they're calling it bad news in bonds is because people are selling bonds, and that's what's driving the interest rates up. The Fed has not raised interest rates. You'll notice that banks have raised interest rates on their mortgages, but they haven't raised interest rates on their CDs. Yeah. Dogs. <laughs> Just kidding. It's kind of the way it goes. You've got to protect their profit margin. I, I understand. Um, but anyway, but uh, so this article goes on to say that investors pulled nearly $160 billion from money market funds and $17.5 billion from bond mutual funds and exchange-traded funds in the first seven weeks of the year. 
the exodus is already on pace to be the biggest in the last seven years. So it's been more than seven years since people have been cashing in their bonds as quickly as they have. So if you're wondering why your bond funds are going down, um, that's why. That's one of the reasons we've been talking about having super short-term bonds in your portfolio for quite a while, even though they weren't paying a whole lot. It's because they don't drop nearly as much. You get a 20-year government bond, that those things are down, you know, 8-9% already. The uh, maybe even a little bit more. And you know, you get a shorter term bond, it's probably down about three or four, somewhere in that neighborhood. It's still down, it's just not down nearly as much. And uh, that may continue. I don't know. You know, the the, uh, the federal government's got a ton of debt. And the interest rates on the bonds that they set initially were are actually lower. The uh, let's see, the five year bond, their original interest rate, they, they call it a coupon, was one point eight eight percent. Well, if you buy it today, you get two point three nine or or two point four. Why are you getting two point four when when the people that bought them brand new are only getting one point eight? Well, because the price dropped from a hundred percent down to ninety seven point six percent. So if you, in other words, if you bought, paid it and paid a hundred percent for it, and now you sell it, you're going to get 2.4% less. Why? Because bond prices change. They fluctuate. That's hard to understand for a lot of people that don't, haven't invested in bonds a lot in their lifetimes. So you just have to memorize when interest rates go up. Actually, when bond prices go down, this is what's happening. They're not raising interest rates. The bond prices are dropping. People are selling them and they're trying to get out of them. They're anticipating that a rate increase is coming, which is really funny because they're doing the Fed's work for them. Fed may not have to move at all after, after this. So just a little note there is uh, bonds are really tough. If you, if you've got, long-term bonds you're really that that that's not good the uh you, you need to take a look at that fairly quickly and um anyway so i just wanted to uh to point that out when then later in the program we'll talk about fixed indexed annuities and this is why this is actually why i was talking about that because at some point in time when interest rates do start to go up when the fed starts raising interest rates okay this this is probably just the beginning okay and I didn't think the Fed would raise interest rates anytime real soon, um, but their language, what they've been saying, they've been kind of hinting more at, well, they might go ahead and start raising interest rates anyway, despite that the that we have you know, all this government debt and that when they do that, the government's going to have to pay more interest on that debt, and it's going to be a, a major item for Congress because it's going to take a lot of money out of their budgets. But, you know, my... Uh, thought process on that now is that they'll probably just print more <laughs> and that's what they did during the 70s and man we you and I talk about some wild inflation and interest rates that really soared um, stock market was very volatile and went sideways during that time period it actually if, if you just started in the uh, late 60s with the S&P 500 about 12 years later it was back to where it started but you would have gotten the dividend and the dividend yield back then was substantial and companies weren't capable of keeping the same growth uh, rate of growth the, the pace you know companies today can scale up i mean you, you you see some of these companies that come out and they're they've got 
literally no revenue three years later they've got a couple billion dollars that that's mind-boggling that that stuff never happened back then so what am i saying here well i'm saying that i would look at fixed index something that's going to give you a guarantee that you don't have to worry about for the fixed income portion or just a uh uh, a super short-term bond fund, you're not going to make a lot of, it's not going to pay a lot of interest, but you won't get hammered like you will in a 30-year bond fund, okay, or a 30-year bond. You know, you can, a lot of people say, well, you can hang on to the bond. Yeah, if your life expectancy is 30 years, you know, and you don't mind waiting until, you know, it matures so that you can get your original principal back, and never mind that your interest rate is really, really low, you're buying 30 years and it's going to stay that way so you have options <laughs> that's probably that is an option you know just hang on to it you can uh, get a very low rate of interest it's taxable i might add but and if you live 30 years you'll get your money back so or you take a chance and sell it early and uh you know right now you take a little bit of a hit on it more than likely depending on when you bought it so i'm going to actually try to close out of this segment right now we'll, we'll come back to this a little bit later with some simpler stuff the uh because one of the things i really wanted to talk about i we deal with this is the biggest problem in my industry it's that you have people out there that don't tell you everything and i know that seems like it should be wrong and it is wrong actually it's my opinion but the uh They've got a lot of really high-powered lawyers, and they know exactly how to word things. Uh, they know what you think they're saying, but and then they know what they're actually saying, <laughs> and those are different. So, um, like the volatility in the stock market, I hear this all the time. I got this—it's uh, crazy. There's a number that nobody ever talks about, unless they're a hedge fund manager. You know, those are for really sophisticated investors. So. What they don't talk about is the what's the peak to trough decline? How much did the market go down before it started to recover? So if you looked at November of 2007, and then you looked at March of 2009, the S&P 500 from top to bottom, the peak to trough would have been 57%. Think about that. And you got an advisor coming up saying, oh, your worst case scenario is only 16.5%. Uh... In a balanced fund over a one-year time period, somebody forgot to tell the stock market it's supposed to begin and end its cycles on a calendar year. <laughs> My market cycles, especially a bad bear market, it can last for several years. And it's happened twice, in, actually three times in my lifetime. I'm not that old. So if your life expectancy is, is at least 20 years, you're probably going to live, we're all going to live through that again one day, more than likely. And that, here's, this is my point. If you didn't know that that was coming, if you didn't know that your portfolio could potentially get cut in half, why didn't you know? Because you read that same stuff I read. It says, well, the average fluctuation is only 16.5% a year. Okay, well, what's above average? What is above average fluctuation? You need to know that. And that's something that uh, uh, very few people know about their own portfolio. What is my average fluctuation like? If I were to go through 2007 through 2009 again, what would happen to my money? How much could I? How much would I have lost during that time period? So, and the reason I'm bringing this up is that first of all, it, it's going to make you a better investor. Why? Because you can take a look at what you're doing, see 
how much you would have been down by, or at least give a pretty good estimate. And then you can ask yourself, how do you feel? The, the, the first mistake investors, most investors make is not knowing what kind of risk they're taking. They just don't know. And why don't they know? Because a lot of the people that, are, that they're working with don't know. They're not bad people necessarily, but they've been given a, a lot of really misleading information from some really big companies who are incredibly influential. And I hope at some point in time that this show goes viral and they hear what I'm saying and it gets to Washington and then they come back and hammer those guys <laughs> because they've been hurting us. <laughs> anyway, I've got to uh, take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington, 1420. I'll be right back. By the way, if you'd like to get in touch with me and uh, you'd like to talk about your own situation, uh, you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, and there's a little contact form there. Uh, fill it out and send it to us, and um, I'll try to get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, I will tell you that this is tax season, and because of the uh, all the stuff that they've done with RMDs over the past year or so, it's been really hectic. <laughs> That, that's putting it mildly, actually. And uh, so we, we try to help our clients any way we can. I have an enrolled agent. He was on the phone uh, on our show last week on the phone. And his name is Bob Klingman. He's an enrolled agent, self-employed. He's got his own little business and very reasonable and does a great job, has done a great job for us. So I like to refer people to him. If you need his contact information, just hit me up on my email address, uh, bill at bullingtoncapital.com. Say you'd like the name of the enrolled agent and I'll send you his contact info. So, you know, we were talking about um, bonds not being a real good place. There's almost no place to hide, by the way. Almost every single category has been dropping. The categories that have been dropping the slowest are the ones with the shortest maturities. So that's when, one of the areas where I think bond fund managers can can help uh if you get a good bond fund manager and they're looking at this stuff they're keeping their maturities relatively short because you know they see what's happening um they can make a difference but um 
as always, there just there are no guarantees, but uh, you really want to pay attention to that because you know so many people get so hurt so badly financially by investing in bond funds, looking only at how much the income is. You can't do that. I mean, well, you can do it, and people do it all the time. That's why they lose so much money in those types of investments. That that that's a bad thing. So um, again, it comes back down to understanding the risk that you're taking. Okay. That's called interest rate risk, by the way. And incidentally, a, um, a rep from uh, Nationwide uh, uh, didn't get a permission to use his name, so I, I guess I'll wait until next week. But <laughs> he gave me a, a bulletin that came from the SEC, and uh, it's on all about interest rate risk. It says when interest rates go up, the prices of fixed rate bonds fall. One of the headings in one of the uh, paragraphs, the effect of market interest rates on bond prices and yield. A fundamental principle of bond investing is that market interest rates and bond prices generally move in opposite directions. Remember what we were talking about that earlier on today's show? The Fed hasn't raised rates, but people have been selling their bonds. Like from that article from uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal that I just read, people have been pulling their money out of bond funds. That when you when you go to sell something and everybody's... Cr- cramming to get through the door at the same time, sell their bonds at the same time, the bond prices start to fall because there's an overabundance of supply and not enough buyers. Okay. And that all that drives interest rates up. Uh, I will stop right there <laughs> with this. If you want to see any of the material that I talked about uh, on any of my shows, you, you can always call me. Um, I can send you copies of that. You can go to my website and uh, there's a contact us form there. Can do that for you. And uh, anyway, just uh, keep that in mind. And I was looking again, going back to kind of what we were talking about the first 15 minutes or so, what's the most common mistake people make is they take on too much risk and they don't do it on purpose. Actually, that's part of the problem. They're unaware of the risk that they're taking. They just don't know. And unless you you know, studied finance or spent a lot, a good portion of your, your adult life studying finance, a lot of these questions you will not know the answers to because it's, you know, this managing money is a vocation, just like accounting or just like, uh, they're bank loan officers and, you know, know, dentists and doctors, those are all vocations. And this one seems kind of easy because you don't have to have a license to get up and, and buy and sell securities. And they'll let you do really complicated things just like a lot of the, the kids were doing with margin and um i can't even remember what the uh, the name don't get old people <laughs> the, the name of the brokerage firm they, it happens at all brokerage firms by the way because nobody's charging outright commissions anymore so they're they're going on and they're trading stuff they don't know what they're doing and they're, and they're losing a lot of money and a lot of them are going bankrupt and you know these some kids are in their teens and they're allowing allowing them to trade like that. That is uh, that's nuts, and that, that's also a lack of total control, uh, lack of knowledge. So uh, hopefully, you know, they'll learn from a lot of that stuff and you know brush the dirt off and get back up and try it again. And this time, I hope they study first. <laughs> you need to know how certain things work, like when bond prices when huge orders for bonds come in to sell bonds bond prices are probably going down when the price goes down you're losing money if you own those bonds the interest rate does go up for the new buyers interest rates go up absolutely and uh but you got to pick that pick those just right 
to nail that on the head. And I would not try, I wouldn't even try and do it. You think trying to time the stock market is hard and it is. Uh, trying to time the bond market's even harder. It's even harder. So you're better off typically just trying to find a, a few conservative things that you might be able to do. And that's one of the reasons that I, I keep talking about the fixed index annuities because their their payouts are just so much higher than you can get on bonds right now. But they're not bonds. They're, they're not the same. They're uh, investments for income. For You want to convert that to income one day. Now, if you want to leave a legacy, you want to leave a whole lot of money to your kids. you got a bunch of mutual funds now and you keep getting taxed with your capital gains and dividends. And a lot of those taxes can be extremely high. There are different types of annuities for that. The, uh, those are just investment only. You know, if you're only looking at, I want to build up this money and I want to leave it to somebody, but I don't want to pay the taxes on it while I'm alive. Well, that, that's a different type of a, a product and it exists as well. And it, it exists in a, uh, uh, a form that doesn't have a sales charge going in or a sales charge going out. So there's a lot of stuff out there that, I mean, you, we have more tools today to, for every problem you could possibly face, there are probably five different tools at least that you could use to help you solve that problem. Now you can't solve the problem of I'm down 50% and I didn't expect it. Can we go back to the, can, can I get a mulligan? Uh, no, <laughs> that's the, that's the tough part about the stock market. No mulligans. <laughs> they don't go back and let you start over again. So you have to learn before you get involved and just identifying the amount of risk you're taking, I think, is the key. How much risk am I actually taking? I, <laughs> I had people coming in, uh, oh, one, and I, you know, I, I really need to point this out. I need to show somebody. Uh, I had two clients open accounts, and they had tax-free bonds. They were all happy about the tax-free bonds. I'm looking at the maturities on those tax-free bonds. They were 30 years and, and more. 30 years. They had no idea that a tax-free bond that's going to be in th not going to mature for 30 years can drop in price substantially. Now, the first thing I did was sell them. That's the very first thing I did. Why? Because they were going to they were already down from the prices that had been paid for them. And if I hadn't have sold them, they would be down substantially more today than they were when we, when we sold them. Now, I'm never going to, I'm not going to use specific numbers there because I'm not allowed. <laughs> we're prevented from doing that kind of thing. But did I know that this was going to happen? No, I didn't know. I just looked at bonds that were 30 years. That, that, was, that was not a fiduciary type of investment to make for someone. And uh, I know why, because the current yield on it when they bought it was pretty high relative to other yields. And that's all most people look at. What's the yield? How much is it paying? Okay, well, my first question is, how much risk am I taking? That really makes those people mad, by the way, that put those portfolios together when you ask them how much risk is in the portfolio. The vast majority of them can't answer it anyway. But the uh, uh, the, one, the people are selling, I can't answer that question. How do you like that? The, uh, that that's why people hate people in my industry. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you need to know that. Especially if you're going to be working in the industry, you better learn that. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> but uh, so, and, and again, this document or uh, this article that came directly from the SEC, by the way, this is from the SEC's website. 
interest rate risk. When interest rates go up, prices of fixed bonds fall. Fixed rate bonds fall. That's what we're talking about. That's a big risk out there. If you're, if you have questions on that, I can take a look at it and, and tell you because I've been doing it for so long. It's not that hard to do, actually. Once you understand it, the, uh, um, but I can tell you approximately how much risk you might be taking, and that's a, uh, that can help. I will say, I will tell you this that a lot of people that are investing in them are so happy looking at the yields that they were getting. They might have been getting three and a half, maybe even four percent on a 30 or 40 year bond that was triple tax free or at least double tax free. Uh, if you're, if your bond is in the state of Ohio, a tax free bond, it's normally free from uh, local uh, taxes as well as the state and federal, not all of them, but uh, for, for a lot of them there, they are we call it triple tax free. So that, that makes a big difference. If you're getting 3% triple tax free. That's really like getting four to 6%, depending on what your income tax bracket is. So I know that sounds a little complicated and all this stuff, it can get complicated. And I feel bad for the individual investor. You know why? Because you really need to know something. Uh, you, need, you need to understand this. And it's not that easy. It's why I do this show. Big reason why I do this show. And uh, I really feel like it, it, I have an obligation to tell you what you're up against. Now, if you're in stocks and you don't think they can go down by 50% or more, you shouldn't be in stocks. <laughs> you just don't belong. And uh, we've, we're working on something. This is all leading up to something. You know, We're working on something at my firm. I'm not allowed, uh, not allowed, I'm not prepared yet to announce what it is, but it's a tool. It's a risk management tool that's going to help you determine how much risk you're taking in your portfolio. I'm not ready to roll it out and talk about it in great detail, but it it's really important. So if you're going to, you want to tune back in on other shows, or you can go to my website, Bullington Capital. Every show is, is on there, by the way, it's also on iHeart. And I think the fish 955, the fish it's in their uh, podcast section as well, because we are going to be talking about some very specific things that you can do. You know, the specific thing here, take a look at your bond portfolio, figure out how much risk is in there. Not that easy to do. By the way, the, the, the tool that I'll be using I haven't seen being used by any of the other big companies, at least not yet anyway, but, uh, and it will be, it's just a matter of time. So anyway, I got a couple of minutes here before I have to uh, take a real quick commercial break. And I just, uh, I just thought these pieces were so interesting and, and, and so appropriate, you know, and these came from a, a guy that works for nationwide, uh, that, uh, goes out and, and helps people like us. You know, we get a lot of help from, uh, within our own industries. And it, I, I'm really excited and grateful to be able to be on the receiving end of a lot of really good information. Because for me to look this up myself would have taken hours. <laughs> and uh, so thanks a lot there, JJ. Saved me a ton of time. And um, anyway, so, you know, again, we were talking about uh, risk levels and, you know, when you have a fixed annuity, fixed index annuity, uh, any type of annuity, it's only as good as the underlying insurance company that makes the guarantees. Okay. So you have to keep that in mind. And, uh, before you ever invest in one of those, I would look up to see what their credit ratings are. How long have they been in that business? How much business do they do? Um, it's not a guarantee, but you're doing the, it's called due diligence. You know, you're checking into the background of the companies that you're investing with because, Anybody can throw out there a real high number, and then when another 2008 and 2009 comes along, and a couple and 
a bunch of insurance companies go belly up, you may end up taking a hit, maybe end up losing a big chunk of your principal. So you got to be uh, careful. And there's nothing that you can do to guarantee that's never going to happen. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't try because the effort can be really, really worth it. And uh, you get good, solid companies who you're familiar with. You understand the businesses that they're in. That has a big impact, especially when it comes to uh, annuities. What other businesses does this company do? And uh, they need that for diversification for their own income streams. But I hear the music. I can't believe that. This segment went really fast. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420 every Saturday morning. I'll be right back after these commercials. It was just another summer night. Had to be the last thing on my mind. And we're back. Hey, uh, that was Danny Gokey. I, I think he won the American Idol or something like that, or America's Got Talent. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a, so he was a finalist in the American Idol. Yeah, he's the uh, dude has great voice, by the way. If you want to look him up online, it's pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> you know, feel free to reach out and contact me. I know I've talked about a lot of stuff, and it, it's hard. If you're driving, you know, please don't try to write that down. You know, my, you just hit me up on an email or a call. I'll be glad to send you whatever information you, re, you request. And um, before I move on, the next topic, I did want to just give one example. Of, let's say somebody who's 75 years old and, and wants to get an income uh, on this product in particular. You have to wait 12 months to turn the income on. But $100,000 investment today, 12 months from now, they would give them $7,309 a year. $7,309 a year. That's pretty good. And uh, if they don't need it next year, they can defer it. It'll go up. The next year it would go up a little over eight thousand. The year after that, it goes eighty-seven ninety-nine, Then the year after that, it goes to ninety-six forty-six. So if you wait, um, it's kind of like Social Security; it goes up. And if you want to learn more about that, because I, I think today, given the uh, interest rate environment we're in, uh, if you're in your late sixties, early seventies, this is a really good option for a portion of your fixed income. Those bonds, whose prices are probably going to keep dropping if interest rates continue to move higher. Uh, makes a big difference. And then you look at the, uh, yeah, it's just, if you'd like to take a look at it, feel free to give me a call. I'd be glad to run a couple of illustrations for you. And I, I'm, like I said, I'm not ready to come out completely with what I'm doing. I'm working on something. And so stay tuned because uh, within the next month, we will be uh, taking orders. And that's to look inside your portfolio to figure out how much risk you are actually taking. Uh, that's how I started the show by saying, uh, 
that what's the most common thing that most investors do and they take on too much risk. They don't do it on purpose, by the way. They do it because they don't know how much the risk they're taking. And it's kind of expensive to get the software to figure out how much risk you're actually taking. Now, that's one of the holdbacks. And the other holdback is that you have to learn how to do it. Now, the software, every software package is a learning curve. It's going to probably take me a couple of months, minimally. And I work at it pretty hard, <laughs> like really hard. So uh, anyway, a couple of months from now, I'll be ready to rock and roll. But right now, I just really like the idea of being able to take a look at somebody's portfolio and showing them, okay, here's how much risk you're taking right now. That way, you can make an adjustment. And I'm uh, either, you know, maybe you're not taking enough risk. Maybe you can afford to take a little bit more risk. Maybe you're taking too much risk. That That is the most common problem, by the way. When you don't know how much risk you're taking, you're probably taking too much risk. Unless you're just super conservative and afraid of stocks in the stock market, you probably have all your money in CDs. I've seen that as well, too. And that is really hard to live on unless you've got a big pension from a school or at a government agency or something like that. But trying to live off the interest, you know, even at 2% on a million bucks, that's only $20,000 a year on a million dollars. Uh, I should probably quit laughing. I, you know, I know this uh, laugh annoys certain people because they, they drop me nice emails reminding me. <laughs> anyway, so again, people are taking on too much risk. And uh, when you take on too much risk, here, here's what generally happens. Okay, so here's the second part of what happens when somebody makes that first mistake of taking on too much risk. It's a, a, a highly technical and emotional maneuver we like to call Puking at the lows. <laughs> that's what we, <laughs> that's what comes next. They'll hang in. The market's dropping. They see their account value is dropping, dropping, dropping. And finally, they just can't take it. And it's almost near the bottom. And the market decides to turn around and go up. And the general public is only th their ability to sell near a low is only surpassed by their ability to buy near a high <laughs> and then they wonder why they're not making a whole lot of money well that you know it'd be great if you could just get a crystal ball that works you know, and i did i have a crystal ball you come into my office to see me i'll show it to you actually you can see it and i'm going to tell you it doesn't work and when i push my chair back and take the crystal ball and put it on the desk and ask you to look into it it's because you haven't been listening to me <laughs> And you you keep asking questions that no one could know the answers to unless you had one of those that works. <laughs> now, it's never worked for me, but maybe you'll be luckier than me. <laughs> Do I have a magic eight ball? I used to. Yeah, they should make one of those. Oh, you know what? That would actually be, that is a Shark Tank product. You make magic eight balls, but you have different um, you know, the, the stuff inside the eight ball, you have different answers for different industries. You can make one for a doctor, a financial guy. That would, that would be cool. You know, that would sell. I think you would sell a lot of those. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll see that on Shark Tank soon. <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, money is emotional. It, it's highly emotional and you got to get the emotions out of it, you, it as much as you can. And how do you do that? Well, you do it by controlling the amount of risk you're taking. If you're familiar 
with the amount of risk you're taking. And I can do it. Actually, I can look at the portfolios at this point in my career and I can evaluate. I know what the software is going to say. The problem is you don't have that math stuck in your head and I can't uh, really convey that information that well. So the software should help like a lot. It'll show you the, uh, the peak, the trough declines, you know, this, do you think you can make it? And by the way, there's, there's nothing wrong with changing your mind. If you've thought out the process, you know, and typically most people want to change their mind when they're down like a lot. Okay. Probably not the best time to change your mind. The best time to change your mind is when you're hitting all time new highs and the market's ripping and roaring. It's going making new highs every day. That's a pretty good time. <laughs> But, and even then, I don't, I don't want to encourage that at all because I'm telling you, I mean, as, as hard as it was to time up the market when I got started in this industry, which incidentally, there were some methodologies that you could have used back then that worked very well, reasonably well anyway. And, uh, but there weren't many and it took an incredibly high amount of discipline to do it. Maybe we'll talk about that next week, but those don't. Every one of those models that used to work, it doesn't work anymore. The market is much more random. In, in, in other words, it makes, it has many more surprises today, even to the professionals, especially to the professionals. Okay. So if the professionals can't get their arms around it, what are the chances of you reading the newspaper, listening to the news, getting it? Now, and I'm going to tell you when people start getting up in their late seventies, for some reason, this is just an observation. I've only been doing this for 30 years. My average client's always been older because young people, quite frankly, haven't had a chance to save up a lot of money yet. Okay, so the vast majority of the wealth in this country is held by people 65 and over. Don't argue with me. Argue with Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah, just kidding there. But uh, yeah, he's in his 90s. And most people, it takes a long time to accumulate a lot of wealth in the vast majority of cases. Uh, so they don't have that much experience. And uh, anyway, I just lost my whole train of thought there. <laughs> if you would like to, uh, again, if you have any questions with all this stuff, it's, um, you know, it's really important to get an idea of how much risk you're taking. And I don't mean to make light of that. It's hard. And uh, it, it's hard when you're sitting on the other side of a desk from somebody and they're showing you a uh, one stock portfolio. They've got all their money invested in one stock. Do you know how many times I've seen that? I mean, I've seen that over and over and over again. And I always want to, I, I never, I, I have never done business with someone that has done that because at some point in time, if they got lucky, they were so successful. They just didn't think that anything else could ever change and that they're always going to have that kind of luck and, and always going to earn those types of returns. And I'm telling you it, there's, there are no cases. Well, actually there's one. One guy I know that's got a, a stock, he's got a huge position in it, about 80% of his assets in one company. And it's a very popular company. And the leader of the company, by the way, has already said, you know, and there's another company that's going to come in along one day and the, or the, there will be changes in the industry and my company is going to go away. And I was really shocked that he would admit that, you know, and one of the rich, one of the richest people on the planet. But I've seen that time and time again. A one stock portfolio is a joke. It's a bad joke. And it's told by mean, evil people. 
because for the vast majority of the time, it's not going to work out. And yeah, it'd be great if you could pick the next Apple. You know, Apple went sideways 17 years at one point in time. You bought that stock in 1987 at the wrong time. It was 17 years before you got back to break even. That's amazing. Most of the stocks that uh, Amazon had a over a 95% drop, over a 90% drop. Now think about that. If, if you had a million dollars in Amazon stock and then it crashed and it was selling for under $100,000, how would you feel? Would you be enthusiastic, looking forward to making all-time new highs anytime real soon? Well, I hope not because it, it took them a little over seven years just to get back to break even. And um, so that's, you know, th th those are people who have lost sight of the risk that they were taking. And maybe they didn't even know. You know they didn't know that you shouldn't buy all of one stock because there are these knuckleheads on Facebook that say the one stock portfolio, that's all you need. Yeah. All I need to do is figure out the winning lottery numbers too. You know, and if I figure those out. Hey, I got it. How, how hard could that be? <laughs> I know that seems facetious, but you know what? That's, you know, some people's logic. And I need, I guess I need to start distancing myself from those people. <laughs> the, uh, it's the, uh, it wears on you. It does. And I know we all know people that have some, in, in some area of our lives, we are all irrational in one way or another, uh, if we're willing to admit it. And I just hope that I never get irrational about money because <laughs> I've seen what that does. And uh, I've got your rationality on some other things. I know what they are, but they're not money. <laughs> and some people, you know, they got that little bit of irrationality in them and it's about money. That's tough, especially when they're married. You know, I, I can't tell you, I did not realize that I was going to get the chance to practice my marriage counseling skills when I became a financial advisor. <laughs> you, the stories, you know, actually, when I retire, I'm going to start writing and I'm going to have a, uh, um, a series kind of like Seinfeld. <laughs> that, that's literally what the financial services life is like. You would not believe some of the characters that come in. And it's, it's, it's great. I actually, I've met a ton of really great people. And a, a lot of them are not, I mean, they're funny. And uh, uh, some of them get a little upset when, they, when something they believe to be true. And you show them that, it, you know, I'm sorry, but I have to bust the bubble. And it's just not true. Uh, they wanted to believe it so badly that, you know, they did. And uh, that's tough. You know, we all know that that's life. Yeah, the uh, that's funny. The uh, my uh, producer said I got a completely new podcast there. And uh, yeah, that would be uh, that would be pretty funny. Um, I have to wait until I retire, though, because if I started doing that, some of my clients would probably recognize themselves by the descriptions and uh, then they would end up suing me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah <laughs> it has been fun though I, I i have to tell you it, it really has been fun and uh you, just tr you try you do the best you can you know just do the best you can uh most people do have the intellect to be able to understand everything that i'm talking about here especially if you come into the office and you sit down i can't tell you how many people i've had sit down and we go through the explanation and they're like oh that was it. Yep. That was it. <laughs> there is some math involved and, in, but once you know what the math is doing, you know, it's not that hard. And, uh, uh, it takes, takes a little while to get around the, the formulas when you first start out. 
And if you have any background in statistics at all, it, it really helps, uh, like a lot. But if you don't, you don't like math, then uh, you know what? You should probably find an advisor and uh, try to get somebody who you know is willing to spend some time with you and try to explain some of these concepts because you're going to need to know. You're really going to need to know things like why do bond prices drop when interest rates go up? And by the way, here's my example for that. Now, I really like this SEC's explanation of that, but if they used a bunch of three and four syllable words that you may have to get out a, a dictionary of financial and accounting terms or just go to investopedia.com to look up the definitions of some of that stuff. Well, here's my explanation. If you bought a bond for a thousand bucks and it was paying $25 okay, a year in interest, and then a new bond comes out and it's paying $30, who would give you full price for your bond? Because you're only getting 25 bucks. They're getting $30. Why would they pay you full price for your bond? Well, they could be uninformed buy your bond that you know if you're not telling them about that that's not that good of a deal but you're supposed to disclose that kind of thing <laughs> and actually a broker would would disclose it but you know you don't have to go through a broker to buy a bond if you you, know, you you can actually transfer the bond and sell it yourself if you wanted to anyway the uh don't know why you'd want to do that because they don't really charge commissions on that stuff anymore um there are spreads there so there are some costs in there i i'm really getting deep into the woods here now but uh, I will just tell you that uh, the basics you need help with and because the basics are on top of all the other really sophisticated stuff. The basics make up about 95% of what you need to be doing. That other 5% is like making a, a loaf of bread and leaving out the yeast. The yeast is not 5% of the volume of that loaf of bread, but it sure does make a big difference when you forget it. <laughs> So it's a, uh, and that's kind of what finance is like. Yeah, you have to, the basics are going to be 95%, but you still got to have that other 5% because you're just not going to finish and it's dangerous to do it without it. So I will keep on with my, um, uh, one of my goals in life was to try to make this stuff simpler. I remember struggling through college, trying to understand what these professors were saying and they weren't really, the ones that had tenure, don't ever take a class from a tenured professor. <laughs> unless they really love it, you know, but, uh, because, you know, they don't care, you know, well, some of them do. And, and a lot of them actually do. I, I should take that back. There were only, there were a couple that, that just made it hard. So I'm having had to take classes like that. I try to make it as easy as humanly possible. And we'll try to explain it so that you can understand it. And what you understand, you can deal with, you know, and if you understand that, the portfolio you have would have been down 40%. I hear the music right in the middle of my sentence. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I got to go. You've been listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. My website's bullingtoncapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. 
800-800-0700 or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.